Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast. And it always takes a few minutes for it to roll over on social media, but I still get going on the introductions. Um, but welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast. Welcome back. I guess welcome back for me. Been out for a week. It felt like a long time, but right. I'm back. Alhamdulillah. Um, you guys know the routine. So I'm going to ask you again. When you come in, please give your salams and share the podcast. Give your salam and share the podcast, please. Share, share, share. Wa alaikum salam, Barani. Thank you for modeling, giving salams. Remember, when we exchange the salams, we exchange barakah. We keep blessings in this space. So please go ahead and do that. All right, welcome. This is your girl, Sabria Mills. I am back. I'm happy to be back. Still recovering. I got a little pillow here. Got my girl, which I'm about to introduce in a minute, helping me out. But um, I am back. Okay, alhamdulillah. All right, Hey, everybody. Assalamualaikum. Oh, miss you guys. All right, alhamdulillah. Okay, so welcome to Heal Thyself from the Pain and Shame of Divorce. We have a panel discussion that we're going to talk about in just a minute. But I am joined with my lovely co-host. Um, this, right, okay. Let me introduce her. But um, anybody that knows me from me back in my Philadelphia days, um, come on now. This is a childhood, childhood friend, okay? Oh, Our like, mama's child. the best friend. Like, just, yeah, just, just, we just been through it. She knows all the secrets, y'all. <laughs> um, so, but this woman right here is just a woman I admire. Um, she is, mashallah, she is the um, owner of the Traveling Muslimas. If anybody knows this travel group, I'm a part of it. Um, it is a first world renowned, okay, traveling agency. It was awarded the top 20 black owned travel companies by Airbnb. Um, she's been an entrepreneur for the past 10 years. She's worked in fashion. Um, she now takes Muslimas that are all across the globe across the globe to different places. Right. I've traveled with her many times. She is a phenomenal human being. She's my okay. friend, Munazza Muhammad. Welcome to the show. Salaamu alaikum. Wow, that was a nice introduction. <laughs> May Allah make me better than what she think I am. I mean, I mean, well, thank you guys, mashallah. Thank you, so beautiful to see all your comments. Keep them coming. Um, so we're here with Heal Thyself from the Pain and Shame of Divorce. And you know, I wanted to make sure that we kind of had a, you know, girl chat type conversation right. so that, first of all, to create a safe space mm -hmm. um, so that we can be authentic and honest with you guys, but also just to offer the power of sisterhood, you know, right. um, model the power of sisterhood. So before we bring in our ladies, Manaza, how long, how, what, what, what age were you when you got married? How old were you when you got married? Oh, Lord. Child. Back then, way, way, way back then. But I, it was a month after I turned twenty-one. But in the Muslim, born Muslim, Philadelphia community, twenty-one is really like sixteen because right. you're sheltered, right. you're real sheltered. So you know, I went from my parents' home to getting married. Right. So it was really like a shelter situation. So it's not like I really experienced life or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so for my parents' home to marriage. So I was the tender age of 21, you know, full of and 
enthusiasm. All excited. And, you know, yeah, like, excited, like, yes! Because the thing <laughs> is, Lunanza, you know, because we grew up in the same place, right. it was like that pressure of like, oh, yeah. you've arrived once you got married, right? right. It's like, all you got to do is just get married. Forget yeah. about anything else. As long as you got married, you cool. Right. Your parents did a good job. Right. You did a good job. Right. The community is happy. Yeah, everybody... It's like subhanAllah, that was such a farce, but right. we'll talk, we're gonna get into that. Was, um, but I know you got divorced some years later. Mm-hmm. And um, do you wanna say what age you were? So the story is like most of us, I know a lot of people can relate, is so we I was married for about five years. I got divorced for about a year and a half, and then me and him got remarried. You a lot of people have been through that. It's like you get a divorce, but you are like okay, it's, it wasn't that bad. Let's let's try to work it out because because a lot of times I don't do reruns. Oh, you don't do reruns? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no, no. Right, right. I said a lot of us. I didn't say everybody, but a lot of people can relate. Um, because and you might not know that they that they got a divorce and got back together because a lot of people don't tell. They just secretly get a divorce and secretly get re back married. Right. That's right. what a lot of people do. Um, yeah. And uh-huh. I think I was one of them. Yeah. Hey. But you, 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 we got re back married because you, you kind of get a divorce in haste because you think that, you know, when you're young, you don't really, like our parents really didn't teach us how to troubleshoot relationships and, you know, um, kind of get back to the good and yeah, all the things, the all the nuances of marriage, they didn't explain that to us. My parents, they were married for my whole life. And of course you see what a marriage is, but you don't really know the intricate details mm-hmm. that they go through in marriage and how they survived marriage. Right. So I got a divorce five years in and then, um, we got re back married, and then I was married for like nine years after that. So I, I just all right, don't tell them. We're gonna all right, we, 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 we're gonna, gonna get into talk. it. Yeah. So all right, you guys. So I want you guys to tune in because I'm gonna bring in the rest of my panelists. I'm gonna bring in two other sisters, also dear friends of mine, and then we're also gonna merge in our coach. So um, let's go ahead and have our additional guests um, come in, which is Sister Jamila Bashir and Sister Asia Tiffany. Assalamualaikum. ladies. How are you guys? Good. I'm excited. You guys look great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me go ahead and introduce you guys. Um, Sister Jamila Bashir, another childhood friend. We went to school together in middle school. I was, she was an exceptional, exceptional student. You know, I was I was trying to make it, you know, right? I was <laughs> I was trying I was following the wrong crowd. But we uh but Camilla was my crowd she was following. <laughs> <laughs> Exceptional student. Um, but not only that, Jamila is a phenomenal, phenomenal um educator, um educational leader. Not only that, she has her own business because of her, she's an author. Um, she specializes in helping parents of exceptional children. Um, um children have IEPs and special education help empower these parents with education. She does a phenomenal job. She's my Shiro. Um, welcome to the show, Jamila. Assalamu alaikum. Oh, that was so sweet. Shukran. <laughs> Thank you. 
Alhamdulillah. And Sister Asia Tiffany, I've known her for, ooh, I don't know how many years it's been, but it's been many, many years. Wow. It's been many years. And mashallah, she is a beacon, beacon, shining beam to the community. Mashallah, she's an educator as well. She's a mother. She's a phenomenal human being. She's world traveled. She's athletic. She does everything. Um, but mashallah, I'm so humbled and happy to have this beautiful woman here, sister. And I call you Asia Tiffany, and I know that's is that right? Am, am I don't uh, that's, that's no, it's my thing. Asia is my first name, Tiffany's my middle name. Oh, okay. So I was, <laughs> you know, I, that's what I was doing. Okay, how you doing, Asia? I'm good, alhamdulillah. I'm good. It's good to see you. All right, and ladies, we're going to bring in our coach because um, we're going to get into a conversation about divorce and our coach is going to help guide us through it. So for the audience members, we want you guys to know that um, this is going to be an interactive experience where you're going to actually see the coaching process. You guys know I like to do that. I am a firm believer in coaches. I, I'm hoping that the Muslim community begins to um, understand the importance of coaches. Um, and so we are going to see a bit of the coaching process. Um, so, you know, we again, we're sharing our hearts. We're sharing our experience. So please have an open mind and open heart as we do that. Let's welcome our phenomenal coach, and I'm going to introduce her in just a second. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. To I'm so glad to be here with you, ladies. Thank you for having me. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for being here. Now let me introduce you. I just see me shuffling papers because the bio is in crazy, y'all. Um, so sister. Um, this amazing sister that we have here is the divorce Muslima coach. Um, she, what she specializes in is supporting um, women to build whole, healthy, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, intellectually families. Um, she supports and empowers women to heal and become whole and healthy so that they can offer that to their children and end generational toxic patterns of behavior. She is a certified high performance coach and a certified back to the Fitra mentor, trainee, and coach. She has extensive training in high performance coaching, effective communication, holistic psychology, and spiritual principles. Um, using this expertise, she guides her clients into a renewed sense of clarity, peace, confidence, compassion, and resilience. And, you know, she's also a really, really dope mother and, and a pharmacist part-time. Go ahead and get me <laughs> a, the whole pharmacist part-time. Welcome, Sister Raisa, Coach Raisa, we're going to call you for this to this show. Awesome, awesome. I'm so excited to be here and and for uh, you know, uh, just inviting me to on a platform like this where we can talk openly about the hurts and the pains that so many of us women are carrying around and really deserve the the honor and the dignity of healing from them. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Um are we going to get right into it, ladies? So I'm going to just start off with okay so you guys know how passionate i am about this topic and it's not just because um you know i'm going to just talk about divorce all day it's because it is a huge you know issue in our community with how we deal with especially women in divorce um and i know all of us are women that have been divorced are divorced etc mm -hmm. and we're coming to the table to talk about it so i wanted to just first start and ask you guys what was, I guess, that first initial feeling or emotion that you went through when you knew or you were going through a divorce? Jamila, would you mind starting? Say, get Jamila first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. When I knew that 
it was like it was over um that I that I was that my ex-husband and I were getting divorced I'll say my initial emotion was I felt like I failed and I felt hurt because I felt that you know how you 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 know like okay well these are problems everybody has this is something we can work through but you know it takes two people to put in the work to to make it work so when I saw that it was like not going to work I was just like I felt again. I felt like I failed, and I just felt hurt that okay, this is worth me fighting for, but for for the other person, it didn't seem like it. So that's where the hurt came in at. Um, and no, I'll say those were the two initial feelings I felt. I wasn't thinking about the community or nobody else. It was just like, dang, I failed at this, and oh my god, I feel I just felt hurt. Yes. Well, thank you, Jam. That's that's really right on, um, Asia. Um, that first initial feeling was um, devastation. Yeah, it was like, man, this this just this it was like like somebody just kind of dropped a a big old iron. Like you kind of just felt that like this was supposed to be everything. You know, this was supposed to be it. This was supposed to be, and so like it's that confusion. It's that like, what do I do? Where do I go? Like because my plans didn't didn't include this. <laughs> this is not yeah. a part of the plan. <laughs> so, um, so it's definitely like, it was, it was, it was, it was dread. It was like, yeah, it was devastation. It was, yeah. Yeah. Subhanallah. Munaza. Cause we know you're the beacon of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a little bit of a backstory. So, um, a year before I got a divorce, my mother had passed. And my mom, she was like a, a, a strong, strong support system in my life. And of course, a lot of us, we live for other people. So my mom is one of those people that you just I just wanted to, you know, make her proud. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make her proud and being married and, you know, my husband was like her son. She was like, I love him. That's my son. So a lot of the reasons why I stayed married for as long as I did was for my mother and other people. So when she had passed, it was kind of like, I have to, I'm going to, I told myself, I'm going to live for myself now. I'm not, I'm not living. I can't live for other people. So it was kind of like, for me, a relief, really, like just like a weight lifted off my shoulder because I didn't really have that pressure anymore yeah. to to be married to someone that I really, you know, I just didn't want to be, I just didn't want to be in that relationship. So, you know, and you, you trying to, you, you keep going, keep going because it's like, all right, my family, you know, yeah. they rooting for me. The community is rooting for me. So you just do all these things for other people. But in turn, it's like, that's not really what I wanted. So my emotion was kind of like a weight lifted off of my shoulder, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it's not like I was in a horrible marriage. I was in a pretty good marriage. So, but it just wasn't for me. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, so that's, it was, it was more of a weight lifted off. That's powerful. I love the, I love the varying different, um perspectives about that um i was somewhere in the middle like with mine um definitely felt the 
definitely strong sense of failure, especially, you know, if you're a mother, um, you feel mm. like you definitely have failed as a mother. Um, and I think that's a really strong guilt. Um, that guilt doesn't quite go away. It's hard to manage. But at the same time, there was a feeling of relief um, because of what the buildup was to that point. Um, so I was somewhere in the middle. Um, so I'm going to just go ahead and um, ask dear Raisa for some clarity. If you could provide us with some clarity about these different emotions that we went through um, and what women tend to go through during that initial phase. Yeah. I mean, I love how you did uh, point out that there's so many varying emotions and everyone has their own experience, right? Coming from their own background and uh, their particular situation in, in how they've experienced their marriage, how they experienced their breakup. Um, but that one common thing that a lot of people have is that uh, feeling like a sense of failure because there's so much, um, there's so much attached to our sense of identity as a woman in our marital status. Right. That, yeah. So, and this is stuff that's heavy, that is subconsciously ingrained from childhood. Like, like you said, oh, when you get married, I've arrived, you know, this is it. Like I'm in the in crowd, you know, I've made it. And it's like, you know, you, you've, you've reached the status of worthiness now that you're mar married in, in your eyes, in the eyes of your parents, in the eyes of your family, like mm -hmm. you have dignity now and you have honor and you have respect and value and all these things. It's not taught to us that way, but it's what we have absorbed. It's what we've learned. And no woman goes into a marriage, nobody, but especially women, and the reason why I say especially women is that nobody goes into marriage planning to get divorced or thinking that they're going to get divorced. But women, I feel like, stay a lot longer and they stay longer than, than necessary. Because I hear that. I stay or I Or, you know, I was in it for too long. Um, so because this weight of making the marriage a success and um, making it, um, making it last is something that women take on. I think disproportionately from men. Um, I think it's just ingrained within us in our in our families. Um, it, it's kind of like you know the one who the one who is responsible for the success of the marriage becomes the woman, and there's this belief around that. It's not the truth though. You know, there's nothing in our dean or in our practice of our faith that tells us that. But yet. Mm -hmm absorb this and we carry that weight with us um and how we define successful marriage is the longevity right yeah, yeah. right so can we stop right there yeah. <laughs> i know i packed in a lot there no because i think that's so that's such that was such a powerful statement because myself and Munaza, you know, we were just chatting. My mother was here and we were just discussing this because we were talking about our parents. You know, we, we are both of our parents were married, you know, a long time, you know, Jamila, same thing, you know, this, the community. And we were like, even just asking, like, that was that beacon of, that was their measure of success. Right. And it not just like marital wise, but just as a Muslim, like right, right. if they could just stay married right. for a long time, right, right. you know? And it's just like, I don't, know how many of them were really miserable inside of these um, marriages, but that was the measuring stick. And so um, what was passed on down to us was just get married, get married, get married. But the longevity piece 
They didn't tell us how to do it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because they struggled themselves. Yeah, right. I don't know if they knew as well. Um, it's expectations were different or, and tolerance was different. Like what you, you tolerate and accept what you feel um, is acceptable. And that is based on how you view or value yourself. Uh, and so, you know, it's like, it's just that's the way things were done. And if nobody questions and everybody falls into line with the script of what you're supposed to do, what you're meant to do. I mean, there were times when divorce could not, especially in the Muslim community, like you can't even think of that word. I mean, it's like do or die. You stay in the marriage at all costs, right? At any cost. So, um, you know, things have shifted because marriage is not an obligation. It's not something you have to do. So we have choices right? Who we're going to get married to, if we're going to stay married, what the marriage is going to look like, taking ownership and responsibility for our role and our part. Um, however, it's it's what we've been taught. Um, I, I feel like the balance is disproportionate on the women. And we take that on ourselves. We don't even realize it that we are. Because a lot of people I work with, they're like, you know, they feel so much guilt. Yeah. Guilt for splitting up the family, right? Especially if um, you know, uh, it's even if it was mutual, they still feel the guilt. Oh, well, if you if you're the one who wanted to separate, then the guilt's even more. Um, so there's a there's like an attack on your self esteem, and um, and then there's that guilt. Uh, and you know, one of the things that I found that was helpful in my divorce too, because I ended up taking on all the responsibility and the ownership for the failure of my marriage. And one of my coaches had said to me, like, you have to own your part and your role in it and leave what's not yours. Like, yeah. know that the other person showed up and they played a part and they had a role. And that's that's for you to leave and not take ownership of that and leave that. It's, not your, stuff. it's not your stuff. It's not your stuff. I want to segue Jamila and Asia into this next part, because I think, um, Coach, you brought up such a powerful point. And I wonder if we all navigated this, which is just the ugly stigma. Um, and and sometimes this has been my experience, but I off what I experienced post-divorce, and I would love to hear what you guys experience, is um immediately trying to find who's to blame. And um depending on how you know each individual was perceived in that union, um, then we perhaps may shift the blame on the spouse that wasn't. For example, if there was someone that was maybe in the limelight in the in the marriage, mm -hmm. um, or someone that seemed really religious, or was whatever the case may be, the person that wasn't perhaps automatically gets blamed. Mm -hmm. um, Jamila, I want to ask you: Did you deal with far as community? Did you deal with um, being kind of made to feel guilty, the stigma, or being blamed by community as for the divorce? Um. I'll say for me, um, because my ex-husband was married, I, I was his second marriage. So he was married before me. So honestly, when we divorced, you know, so he was like, it must have been him. This the second time that was him. You know, it was that it was it was that type of reaction to it. It was like, well, this is the second time he got married. It must be him. Whereas like for me, mm -hmm. we both contributed to the divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, we like, like with, like with the coach Raisa was saying, you know, you take out, I, I take my part in it and I'm leaving the rest for him. Cause all, cause all that's not mine. I just take, you know, my part in it. But I'll say from the community, people that knew me um, and they saw me out like with him, they saw me with his children. They always saw me doing. So it was like, what he divorced you for? You know, it was that type of attitude. It was like, well, how could he divorce you? Like you, you did so much. Like how could he divorce you? Um, but again, like what um, someone in the comments said, being married and you're not happy, like that's a real thing. And it was just like, for me, I was like, I can't, I can't stay here. I can't stay here and not be happy. I can't stay here and continue to pretend like it's all good and it's not. And I just felt like I would be letting myself down if I stayed. And I did, I did not. I refused to be like so many sisters in the community, unhappy and miserable. Cause it's like, yes, you've been married 40 years, but they were like maybe 30 of them were miserable. I don't want to do that. I don't want to wait until I'm 60 to get the best out of my husband. I'm like, you know, who wants to wait? To, you, know, you know how you hear people say, oh, they get better when they get older. I'm like, who wants to wait that long? You know what I mean? Um, and and I just, I just again, I was just making do I and I was just asking, well, just give me signs on what I need to do. And I just went from there. But I'll say the community they looked more so at him as, well, this is your second marriage. It must have been your fault. And just like I said, it depends on how the community perceives you guys while in that marriage. Because even mm -hmm. really quickly, even when they were married, uh, an older couple said to Jamila and him, it was like, now, if if y'all get a divorce, I know it's him. They stay. They, they, yeah. they, yeah, so they know. Like, it, was a, know it was an old couple. It was an older couple, yeah. and you know, jokingly, he said, "Look, if you mess this up, I know it's you." Yeah, you know, it was it was a joke. But it was so they was on her side from the get go, because Camilla, Jamila, she's you know in the community, she's a nice sister, so yeah. they like, hey, and then she, you know, and then it's like you know, no one knows what goes on in your relationship. You know what I mean? And people, you know, right? People want to act like they do, but it's like you have no idea. Right. What goes on behind closed doors? You have no idea at all. Right. Thank you, Jamila. Um, Asia, um, what about you? Did you have to deal with any type of blame? Okay, so um, just to backtrack for a second. So, you know, I'm a convert. And that already comes with a whole lot. One of the things that comes with is that's less protection, right? So I don't know Wali, nobody in my family's Muslim. I'm, I'm learning everything on my own. I'm coming straight into Islam. So my first marriage, I actually got married like, couple months after converting, you know, um, straight, you know, into 19. And that was much different from my, my, I guess my adult marriage, <laughs> marriage uh, with my, with, with my, my daughter's father. It's so like, you know, it's, it, that, that was kind of, um, that I came into, it was, it was nasty coming in and I didn't care how it was coming out because it was nasty coming in. Like, so because I, because I was new, kind of new to the community and it was already so much around that, that, I, and I need just learning the religion, learning marriage, learning myself, learning at 19, like learning so much. Mm -hmm. By the time it was time to come out, my my ex-husband asked for a divorce in the same month that I gave that 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 I I lost the twin my twins. Like we gave birth and they passed away and he asked for a divorce. I was I didn't care. I didn't care what the community said. I didn't I, I don't I didn't care. 
I didn't care. The, the, the imam that was counseling us was kind of just like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to allow this to just dissolve. I didn't care. Um, by that point, while it hurt me and I didn't want necessarily want it to, to dissolve, I, I was, I was at such a low point. It didn't matter. But what that kind of led to was kind of this distance. Like I almost didn't want to be back to the community because of, of everything that kind of went on, um, around like the marriage. And then I, I didn't, I didn't want to go back into the community. Um, and it was a lot of like individual, um, you know, people and sisters that kind of kept me close to, to the community, close to the masjid, um, and, and allowed me to like, you know, um, flourish again. Um, with, with the, the second, it was, it wasn't as much community as its family. Some family are very in denial. Um, they're, they're like, what? No, just be patient. <laughs> no, 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 just be patient. It's okay. Just be patient. And you're like, all right, it's not, it was, they're like, no, no, it's okay. Just, and, and, you know, as Jamila said, I'm who's trying to be patient for 30 years. I'm not, I'm not trying to be patient for 30 years, waiting for you to change or waiting for something to, to be different. You know, when I can, when I can create my own narrative, you know, um, so yeah, that's, you know, I see, I just want to give honor for a second. I'll bring Raisa in, in a minute, but I want to give honor to what you said and what you shared, which is the loss of your twins, your babies, and divorce all happened at right, once right. as like, I mean, you know, I just want to give sin love your way because I, I just, none of us can understand the the complexity with that. Right. So do you want to come in and just in regards to. What, yeah. What yeah. No, I, I appreciate and acknowledge yeah. um, the, your loss upon loss and hurt upon hurt and pain upon pain compounded in those moments of your life and it's just really becomes about survival and it really just becomes about like getting through um moment by moment and you just do the best that you can and and here you are you know sharing and um talking about it uh, you know sharing your experience so others can benefit and you know and learn and grow from it uh, which is really um you know, admirable and, you know, may Allah uh, grant you um, peace and sukoon and uh, may make it a means of Jannah for you. Um, but, you know, and everything happens for a reason and for a plan. So even all of our losses, our um, hurts, our blows, um, even the ones that bring us to our knees and bring our face to the ground are the ones that are there to to grow us and, and elevate us um, in this world and even in the, in the next world in terms of how we handle it spiritually. So a lot of good can come out of our deepest, darkest moments if we, you know, if we allow it to. So I appreciate you and acknowledge you for, for sharing and being here. Thank you. And I want to say, just bring in an audience comment. Um, Sister Teresa, she shared that I'm noticing how trauma tests marriages, and we often don't know how to navigate those challenges as a couple. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I um, I don't know if you wanted to say something, Sabria, but I, I did want to bring that up. Um, I think it's so true because we all have our own traumas, right? And a trauma can be um, some, from something uh, very severe to a, a moments that you were not heard, you were not seen, you were not validated or, or valued. Um, and it's a hurt and a pain that you're carrying. And we all have them. And the ones that bring up those or trigger those are the closest people to us, our parents, our children, and our partners. 
And that is why we behave the way we do behind closed doors with those relationships uh, very differently than we do with strangers or very differently than we do with, you know, community. Um, because those people trigger the places within us that are not healed. So it allows for an opportunity to see to look within and see, okay, this is my hurt, my pain, my wound, um, that is showing me where I have the potential to heal and to grow and to evolve. Where we get stuck though is when those, like we're talking about in a marriage, right? When it's the partner that triggers a wound within you. Yeah. It looks like it's their fault. It looks like they're causing that hurt or they're causing that pain. And I'm not denying that perhaps what they're doing is unacceptable um, uh, you know, uh, or intolerable that it needs to be, um, it needs to be stopped or needs to have a boundary or a limit set. That could be there. However, when we look, when we decide to address it from a space of um, internal wisdom, meaning that we're not reacting based on our feelings. Okay, we're offended or we're hurt or we're angry or we're frustrated. The feeling will allow us to see what's going on internally for us and then re respond when we're not in a state of emotions. So this way we can respond, um, you know, from our from our fitra self, from our wisdom that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, rather than reacting on how we've been conditioned with our feelings. And and in that case, once you get once you're in an emotional state, you're also going to be responding from your ego state. And so, and you know, Shaitan is going to get the best of us at that point. Yeah, that's that's super powerful. That's 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 super powerful. A lot of and it's important to have awareness around that. Now, I, I wanted to just, because I love you guys, and you guys offered to come on and be, you know, vulnerable. I just got to keep, I didn't want to ask a real, real question. I think a couple people wondering this. So what I heard from all of you ladies that shared, except for myself, um, was that this is something that you guys wanted. You didn't want to wait until they came around. It was relief. You was happy. You were skipping out of the marriage. Um, I, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm, I'm processing. So what I'm asking you guys, ladies, is, is there, what people are wondering, I guess, <laughs> is there, is there a portion that maybe as, as, as a younger generation, maybe are we not sticking it out enough? Are we just, are, is our tolerance level lo a little bit lower? Um, are as women, are we initiating divorces more? I'm just, you know, this is just real little dialogue. Um, this is the things that people say. So, Munez, I'm gonna let Munez start. She's over here looking at me all crazy. Go ahead. Well, like like we were talking before, you know, before the the cameras and the lights and the action. <laughs> um, our parents didn't have as much. Um, independence to if they did leave they would be okay because our mothers yeah our mothers yeah so because back then you know the the man was the provider you know he took care of everything and the woman was more of the homemaker so if if, if she left if the mother left then it'll be like starting from scratch like what am i you know i'm just going to be left out here in the cold in today's time, we all are independent. We got our own business. We got our own. So it's it's not that that 
hold on us to stick around for because we don't have if we leave we won't have anything it's like we're gonna be cool regardless so we we tolerate less i feel like we tolerate a lot less because we don't have that um financial burden on us versus you know our parents you think it's a good thing i'm just, just, just... i don't i don't think it's a good thing or a bad thing okay um because I think because we, because it's like a double-edged sword. Like, I don't think because we had that freedom, we be like, nah, I ain't waiting for, mm-hmm. for nothing. I ain't, I'm not waiting for this. I'm not waiting to see that. I'm not, no. Mm-hmm. And honestly, um, in, in real life is you're, because the way we get married, we're Muslim, so we're not really allowed to date. Mm-hmm. So we're practically marrying a stranger. So, nor typically, you would date for years, get to know the person, like them enough to marry them, right. and get married. It's like, okay, he's cute, I'm cute, okay, our fam- right, our family, you know, they vibing, okay, let's get married. And then, in the process, and after we get married, then we're trying to get to know them, see if we actually like them, if we, you know, so it's it's that backwards thing. So we're not trying, it's like, I don't even really like you. Like, <laughs> I didn't right, really like right. you because I didn't know you. I didn't right. know who you was. Right. I didn't know. So we're, we're, we're not sticking it out. And then we don't want to even wait to see if something could develop yeah, through that's, that. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting we're, at. We're not waiting to see if something could develop through that because we think that it's some kind of you want to find somebody that just checks all your boxes. Everybody's in love. You live in happily ever after, and you're not going to have to work in marriage. That's a farce. Hard work. Hard work. Like to sticking around is like is the hard work because right. it's going to test you and push you and see like your grit. Like what are you made of? You know. So um, you have to be really committed. And I think most women are, like they try their best. Um, And a lot of times, you know, you mentioned um, cycling through, right? You know, like uh, getting, separating and then getting back together. Um, And I think that a lot of women do that a lot. Like they keep trying, They, they say, oh, let me just try a little bit more. Let me just try a little bit more. I don't know if I should end it or I should keep trying. However, when they get stuck is when you keep trying, but nothing has changed within you or him that if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same result, right? Like you can't expect something different. That's a definition of insanity. So um, trying and seeing if it works, you have to, sh- you have to have those shifts within you. Um, if he doesn't, at least you do. And what does that mean? That means that where are your, where are your limits? Where are your boundaries? Do you know how to set them and enforce them in a calm, confident and compassionate way? Right? Because we can all set boundaries like this, but that's not going to work because it'll just bring up this, you know, um, Mm -hmm. in in the relationship. So uh, yeah, yeah. I I think there's a, if we allow that space, there's so much we can learn about ourselves in the marriage. But it, it doesn't work for everybody. Some people it may work and some people it may not. Like, you know, yeah. you have to know. I, I agree. And I'm, I'm going to bring you you ladies in too, because I want to get your opinion about this. I think this is important because I even heard 
when I first orig originally tried to tackle divorce on this podcast, you know, you know, like I said, the brothers, they tried to come for me. Um, but one of them was just like, you know, all the marriages are, I mean, excuse me, all the divorces are initiated by women anyway. So no, like, that's we, not that, and that's not true. No, um, that's not true. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, but I do agree with you, Munaz. And I think also we've watched, we have also watched, yeah. you know, our beloved parents and we, we have watched you know, those in community and we have seen certain things and, and what has translated to us, you know, you as a child, you know, these type of things as they come to us, you decide, are you going to, you know, follow that? Are you going to do something different? Mm -hmm. And I think many of us wanted to do something different. And mm -hmm. I think for me, it's just, it's, there's a hard, it, it, you know, I, I just, I draw a hard line and that probably, you know, backfires but you know that is something that i feel like you know as a woman it's almost like my protective gear so i mean i think there's more dialogue to be had about whether it's healthy or not or where the balance can be drawn but jamila let me bring you in do you feel like i mean you mentioned as well that you don't want to wait you know and, and like i don't i don't think it's a, a good thing or a bad thing i mean like munaza was saying like our parents were married what like my parents were married 38 years and it's like my mom pushed me to do way more than what she did. She pushed, mm -hmm. and now I have a sister, so she pushed us to do way more than what she did. And I'll say, in the Islamic, we're in the Muslim community. I was old when I got married. I was twenty-eight. I wasn't in a rush to get married because I was like, I don't want to be married. I see what y'all dealing with. I don't want to deal with that, you know, honestly. And that was my attitude towards marriage in the initially. Like I didn't really start thinking about marriage. I was about maybe twenty-five, maybe, and. For me, when I got married, like I was living on my own. So I went from living on my own, living in my parents' house to living on my own, and then I got married. So for me, like, of course, I've, I've had way more than my mom did when she was married, you know? And, and the thing is, it's like, you know, I'm not a quitter. So yes, I put the work in my marriage because I knew marriage was work. I knew that. But I'll say our generation, like, it's no way I could deal with what, what my mom dealt with. It's no way I could. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, you know your parents and you know the things your parents went. I'm like, mom, how did you stay there for that? Like, how, how did you deal with that? Like, I could I said, mom, I would have left that. Not, you know what I mean? It's that because it's and then it's like, <laughs> how much and, and, and it's like how much do you stay and tolerate in in hopes of change because like like what coach Raisha was saying like yes there's a shift some changes need to be made but when you're with a spouse who does not want to make the changes you're going against a a, a hard wall every time and you get tired 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 trying to you know what i mean let's like even if this like even if you feel like you know what let's talk to our parents they've been married so long they can give us some wisdom da, 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 da. maybe he don't want to or maybe she don't want to and you're like okay well let's let's try something else how about we da, 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 da. and they say no to that too it's like how and it's like okay i know we need to make some changes here but it's like okay i'm i'm stuck right now because my spouse don't want to my spouse doesn't recognize my spouse is in denial that there even is an issue so like what do i do and then i'll say for me it's like you get tired after trying and trying and you feel like you're the only one trying and trying it weighs you down and it's like and it's not like i quit it's just like i feel defeated i, I can't do this by myself and you may say, well, you know what? Maybe we don't need to be together. This is not working. This is not working for you. Maybe you and I are not a good match for each other. Because it's like, again, how much do you tolerate? And then it's like, you can't even like 
tolerate it in the hopes of it is changing or getting married because potentially he or she could be this or that, but that potential can really get you messed up because they don't live up to that potential. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can't even get married off of the potential because that potential will get you effed up for real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keep it on. Mm -hmm. Did you want to bring something in? And I want to bring Asia. Well, um, she, she kind of Dealt with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was I was going to say, how do you know that the person isn't working on it? Because a lot of times we get caught up in thinking that someone isn't working on it Facts. just because we aren't seeing the progress that they're making because right. we want well, their yeah. progress to be here. Our measures, right. right. Our and they like, well, I am trying. I right. am doing. Right. I'm just doing it according to me. But you want me to you want to see me here. And I'm mm -hmm. taking little steps, but you just don't see that. But you were saying, I saw what you were saying, how, um, you know, you, you're asking them to do, let's go to counseling. And they're like shutting down, like, no, no, I don't want to do nothing. Now that's like, okay, I'm not working that's with a, you. That's a yeah, but if y'all are right. working together, but you still. Right. And we all work things. differently. Like how I put work in is not the way you put work in. And it's like, I think it's very, it's very crucial that uh couples communicate like yes men and women we communicate differently and you have some people their communication it is not verbal at all and it's like look i don't know i'm still getting to know you i don't even i i, I don't even know what you're talking about right now i don't even know i don't know what's going on here because yeah. you don't see nothing and yeah. i can't really tell by your actions so i really don't know if that communication is is vital thank you so much ladies i see i wanted to just bring you in for a quick moment um, how did how do you know when 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 it's time to throw in the towel? How do you know when somebody's not trying? How do you know when enough is enough? Um, I mean, I guess what what what's being said and what's happening is not really matching up. Like, um, one of the I so in one of my divorce counseling um the sessions, the ma'am said, um, the ma'am said, like, okay, so this is when he had changed his mind. He was like, okay, I want to work on the marriage, right? And the man was like, okay, how do you want to work on the marriage? What do you want to do? He's like, I don't know. I just want to work on it. <laughs> and the man was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You, you can't just tell him, say, oh, I want to work on it. I want to work on the marriage. I want to, and don't have a plan to work on it or don't say, or, or don't have something to put in practice or say, okay, I'm going to work on doing this and actually work on that. Or, or I'm going to, because I feel like, like, um, like the, the the divorce oh my goodness like a divorce coach that's that's awesome because honestly so this is i've been divorced twice or i've been divorced and and yeah. and, and my but the marriage the the lessons that i that i that i had from my first marriage i did not take into my i didn't take it into the next one i i didn't i didn't think like okay um you know what this is i'm just like you know what that's him that was that this is me um, and that was a mistake, you know, that was a huge mistake. Um, so I think, uh, like definitely putting in the work and I had, because th that would allow me to say, okay, this is what I needed to work on in that marriage. And in, in terms of, okay, if we're going to work on our marriage, it's the plan. This is what I needed to work on. So this is what I'm continuing to work on in this marriage because I, I the, 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 your internal issues don't switch because, you know, because you're with someone else, Th those issues are still going to be there. Um, they're still going to be. They just that. keep getting re-triggered by a different person. Yes. Right. That's it. Right. That's why people be on rotation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of though, how how I know it's like when when there's not a conscious effort um being placed in, and since something else being said. For example, when you guys were saying the dating earlier, um, so another uh, option not being able to date, right? I'm I'm independent. I mean, nineteen, I'm own apartment, twenty, I'm own apartment, twenty, 
own apartment, own car in college working. That that's that's always been me. So now a brother's approaching me, um, and you're telling me that you can't give me that. I'm I'm you know it, it's right. it's it's like right, or you're telling me that you okay you got me and then we get married and you're saying oh I know you lived in a two bedroom apartment just now but I'm gonna have to put you in a studio you know that that's like. Uh, you know, that's not what we agreed upon. That wasn't the expectation. Mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to date you to find out that really this was not, you know, what you had. That's just what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Right. So do you want to come in? We were all, that was a powerful exchange right there. Um, yeah. 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 You know, um, it, it's, it's very important to hear out everybody's experiences because they're all valid in what you're experiencing and what you're going through. Right. Um, and, and one of the things that I wanted to say is that like, look, the marriage is a hard work. That's why it's half our dean. It's like, you know, it's not about getting married. It's about being able to be successful in a marriage. And we have to redefine what success, successful marriage means in the first place, right? Are you in the marriage to, to conform to society's expectations? Or are you in there as an act of worship, as a way to get closer to God, as a way to, to serve God through your marriage, right? Like, I think we have to have our intention clear first. Um, and then uh, the second part is somebody had a comment in here, a brother said something like, you know, we should stick to, um, this is a good discussion and we should stick through Quran and Sunnah. And I did a, did a workshop or a class weeks ago about why is divorce such a dirty word? And, um, you know, we're talking and in Surah Baqarah, when you talk about when Allah SWT tells us about the hula, how the woman has a right for a hula. And mm -hmm. the first hula in Islam was all about a woman going to the Prophet, peace be upon him, because she didn't like the way that her husband looked. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like she had to she had to try over perhaps she tried in her own way, right? Um, and she didn't have to justify or explain or defend her position. All he said is, okay, she said, I don't like the way he looks and um, I'm, I fear that I won't be able to honor him and respect him in the way that I, I need to, to my husband. Because what happens if we're just in there? We get resentful, we get angry, we get bitter. And we show up that way. And that causes more damage and more hurt. You're actually destroying the other person and their self-esteem. Um, and, um, you know, you're not in there uh, to, you can't be your best self if you're in those emotions. And all he said was, well, can you give back his garden that he gave you? And she said, I can do that and more. He said, no, no, just give him that. And then they were able to, and then, and he told him to let her go no ego in there. No, like, no, I'm not allowing you to leave. I'm not letting you go. No. I mean, you stay in, in, in Surah Allah, stay in kindness, respect, and fairness, or separate that way. If you can't treat each other that way, and there's something getting in the way, and you've made efforts to try to, to do your part to fix it, then leave each other with dignity, with honor and respect. Uh, and and those things are clear in the Quran and the Sunnah and the way that the, the first khula was done and the way that talaq is done. So, you know, as I think as Muslims, we try doing our best, but what does that mean? Are you getting, you know, are you making dua? Are you trying to work on yourself? Are you seeking out the, the help, right? Like if you're doing all of that and then it doesn't work out, it's not a sin. And it's not related to your value or your worth. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Raisa, for that. And I think that, you know, this is just such an example of where we are, 
you know, and why these type of discussions and why there needs to be movements and why women as sisters, we need to continue to push past a lot of these things because of sort of, um, I'm going to say um, spiritually abusive mindsets like that, because we use aspects of the Dean to shame, blame, humiliate our women. Mm-hmm. And we try to make them seem that they're not like good Muslims. They're not good Muslims. And that's why they stay. And that's why they've stayed in the marriages also, right. because then they have broken the family or they're doing something that's displeasing to Allah, the most hated things of the acceptable things, which is also used inappropriately because it's also weak hadith that is not meant to be um, utilized as something that's relevant in deciding to divorce or not. Absolutely, absolutely. It's um, So I, I appreciate that. I want us to just go get back um, on mm-hmm. track. Yeah. But um, I did want to ask, I mean, the, the next comment, and we are going over an hour because it's a special edition, but the next comment is actually about our brothers. And, um, and, and I appreciate the brothers that are here that are supportive and are listening. Um, but a lot of times, you know, when we talk about this idea of blame, like what we just kind of experienced or witnessed is this idea of like, you know, just your emotions, like follow Quran and Sunnah or trying to um, more so like, um, I saw another comment that said the husbands were blindsided. And I want to just kind of make a point about this or just ask you guys as it relates um, to our brothers, do you feel like they like, um, struggle with um, blaming, having, feeling a need to blame their ex-spouses um, for the end of the marriage or just kind of spreading community because of the shame. Like a lot of times brothers go through a lot when they go through divorce, it's like their sense of manhood and they go through their own stuff too. That really, you know, they need, you know, coaching around that as well. But do you feel like they sometimes need to put blame on? Cause I've heard gross slanders. Um, towards the wives, ex-wives, just to justify the divorce. Um, anybody experience that or have an opinion about that? I mean, um, I've seen that in the community. I've heard about it, you know, but for me, we didn't do that to either one each other, either one of each other. Um, during our divorce, we actually did marital counseling and I did individual counseling for myself um, because I'd never been married before. I had a hard time processing what was going on. I didn't really know how. Like, I've never been, like I said, I've been married before. I didn't know how to process all this. So I got help for myself. And I, you know, told my husband, I'm like, we need to talk to somebody. And I was like, I'm not talking to no email because that's our spiritual advisor. I want to see a black marriage counselor. And he wanted to make sure that it was a Muslim counselor. Well, I didn't care if they were Muslim or not. I just wanted them to be black. Um, but we found one and I mean, alhamdulillah that helped us, but I'll say doing that also that we both belong to a masjid and our, and we sat down with our imams, um, and just that whole divorce process, it was like literally a conversation. He said he had to say, I said what I had to say. We both apologized to each other and he hurt that you felt our cause or, and vice versa. And we went on from there. Like, I, I don't hate my ex-husband. Um, I don't think he hates me. Um, but we never, I never like badmouth him. He's never badmouthed me where I'll say it got back to me. Someone said, oh, you know, you, 
that that wasn't us. We I'll say we respected each other in that manner. So like he's not a horrible person where I'm like, oh my God, I was being abused. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like he was not that type of person where I was just telling the whole community, oh my God, I'm living with this monster. This that wasn't him. And then I, I wasn't trying to slander his uh I wasn't trying to slander him. He was not trying to slander me. But I've 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 heard that from my friends who have been married. Just the rumors that have gone through the community. Oh my gosh, she don't do this. She's a terrible mom. I come home, this not done, that not that's not done. And it's like, well, she was there all day. Like, did you even ask? Did she need help with anything? Like, you like like the blame has been on the wife. Well, she's not a good mother. And why do my kids look like this? And why this? And why that? And it's just like the blame, blame, blame. Like it was like none of it. Like they didn't contribute to any of that. Yeah, absolutely. Asia, do you feel like that occurs and does that, do you see that has having an impact on a woman's ability to heal post-divorce? Um, so um, yes, it does occur. And yes, it has a huge impact on the woman's ability to heal. Um, I think it, I think it's easier to not occur without children. Um, it's easier, yeah. it's easier to like, it's easier to because because I once twice with the child not with the child right so without the child it it's it was it was it was fine with the with the child um, things were fine at first but then when it comes to like now when it comes to to certain disagreements with the child things start getting nasty um, get ugly ugly things start things start getting nasty and it's like now because um, of this particular thing around the child it leads to like other things being involved you're like this you're like always that i don't want you to da, 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 like you know all so um and then it's like oh well now i need to vent someone because i can't see my child or they're not doing it so somebody else needs to get involved and now i'm talking to somebody else about it's supposed to be about the child but really ends up being about this marriage and the divorce and everything else and the relationship that you have with the person and, and so it spirals off so i think um, yes, like usually without children, it ends, you know, it could, even if somebody might be a little salty, might be a little some bitterness, but it, it, eventually you guys get over it. When it comes, when it, with children, that is so much harder. That is so much harder. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier for things to spiral out of control because you're trying to create a narrative about this other person of, of, of why, or, or one person's trying to create a narrative of the other person of why they're the better parent or why that the child should be with yeah. them or why, you know, there's just it's so many. Yeah. I, I, I agree 100%. And I, I think I told you that yeah. when, when you was going through your divorce, like this way, like don't look at me and what, how I process things. I didn't have no kids, so exactly. I don't here. have to deal with him ever again. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the ties are cut. When you have kids, you still have to deal with that person. Mm -hmm. You still have to work with that person. You know what I mean? Because you have to. You you have kids together. You still got to talk to him. The scheduling. You know he's going to say how he don't want the kids raised like this, and you're like, well, I don't want the kids. So it's it's still. You know, it's still like y'all married because y'all got to work together. So it's a it's, whole nother ball game. Yeah, it's definitely way, way, it's so, way it's harder. So tough, and I so think, and Raisa, I would love your commentary about this because I think um, myself and Asia, we have we're we have children um, with our divorce, but you know the emotions that go with that is so deep, and I know you're a mother as well, um, and it's so painful because 
you know, you're dealing with, you know, trying to be fair to this child but still manage your hurt. And then you're dealing with the onslaught of, you know, what's coming at you as a result of, you know, this child. So, I mean, what, what is some advice you can give um, in, in regards to that? Yeah, this one really hits home. And, and one of the, the, one of the things that I'm going to say is that my marriage, um, I came out, I, it was, it wasn't really, a, a, you know, we, we didn't really have any big major issues. All of our conflicts and our issues and problems started after divorce, after the divorce, because I was um, in such a codependent relationship. And that's who I was at that time. That's all I knew. And so once I started making different decisions and not just following what the decisions that he made or, and then it was a problem. Then the conflicts arose. And so, um, because he always made all the decisions, he was the one in charge and I didn't know any other way. So that was normal for me. But then now that I have to start thinking for myself and I have to start making different decisions, he expected it to be the same and it wasn't. So the thing is what, what I'm trying to say here, when you have kids to raise, you have to understand that you have to go from a marital relationship to a parental relationship. And that means all of the baggage or all of the triggers that you guys, or all of the dysfunction that made the marriage not work is now being carried into your co-parenting relationship. And it is, unless you actively consciously work on yourself to to not respond the same way that you knew how the way the the way that you were interacting with each other in the marriage is the same way you're going to interact with each other as your co-parents unless there are some shifts now you never had and you and in, in the marriage especially when you're no longer married you don't have any control over him right so the only thing is you how you respond has to be differently and in order, like if you respond the same way, you're going to have the same dysfunction as co-parents. And now the real damage is going to be the kids are going to get hurt. And that's exactly what happens when there's disagreements about how you're going to raise the kids or what's best for them. What ends up happening is you're fighting him up here and then it gets getting dumped onto the kids. And that causes the most pain and trauma for the kids because then you get into without even knowing it, patterns of emotional abuse, emotional blackmail for the kids, the kids, you know, dealing with parental alienation, the kids feeling obliged to align with one parent versus another, usually the, the more, uh, the less stable, emotionally stable parent they will attach to, and they will feel like they have to, um, you know, align themselves to. So the real takeaway here is that you have to be able to get help that if you're upset or you're frustrated or you're angry about something that he did, like you're triggered again. So understanding what is happening within you when you're feeling these emotions of anger or upset, where are they coming from? What is it around? How can you start to see clearly? Because when you're in a state of emotion, you're not seeing clearly. It's all red. It's like, it's a haze in your mind and you're not going to be able to make the clear, confident, wise decisions. I'm talking about I'm talking about things like deci wise decision making, and that could mean you you don't fight for your right, knowing when you need to fight for your right and knowing when you need to let go for the greater good. Absolutely, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. 
Okay, ladies, we're gonna smash some myths or uh, for a minute. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you guys true or false questions. Rice is gonna finish it out for us with um, helping us understand if this is true or not. Um, so you're just gonna say whether you agree or disagree, ladies. I'll start with Munaza. The first one we talked about it. Divorce is almost always initiated by the woman, especially as it relates in our Islamic marriages. So, and I want to elaborate, but I'm going to say. No, you can say you can say. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like men are the starters, right? I think they have the control base. Like I think, as women, we're always going to ask for a divorce because we're emotional when it comes to things. So everything is like it's not going right. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. Men, they're not really. Typically, going to ask for a divorce often. So I feel like if they agree to the divorce or they ask for a divorce, I don't know. I'm just, I'm gonna just say false. I'm gonna just say false. Okay. Jam, <laughs> so false. Jam, true or false? I feel it's false too because I've seen some men like just because she's not doing what you want. Oh, I'm, I'm divorcing her, but then, but then want to take it back and say, oh, I didn't mean that. Um, you can't be playing with that because it counts. You saying, Oh, I mean, yes, you did. Um, I'll say it's false. I, I'll say it's, okay. men, it's right. men and women, right? Because we need the husband to grant the divorce, so we say it all day, but it doesn't really mean anything unless we go through those steps. But men, when they say it, it's 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 it's, it's things. I'll see you. Um, because I've experienced both, they false. Okay, bet. Raisa. Um, well, Islamically, like, you know, it was mentioned that um, the divorce, like, they can divorce, like, they don't need permission to to divorce, right? So they can just say the lock, you know, that they will, and, and it sticks, and, and, and it's true. Like, if you say it, it comes out of your mouth, so you have to own it. You have to own what you say, right? So, um, but it doesn't mean that it's always, you know, almost always initiated by a woman. I think it's half and half. There's lots of men out there that that keep divorcing their women, and then finally it sticks. Um, she said twenty to locks and still marriage. <laughs> <laughs> according, according to <laughs> right, I hope not. Right. That's why I said people don't be knowing people be divorced, so but they be yeah, no, okay. you hear about this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, ladies. Um, so women seek divorce as a result of discontentment or even just a lack of patience. We touched on that, but just give me a quick true or false again, Jam. You said when, when a woman is the one, when the woman is the one that wants the divorce is due to discontentment or even some may say a lack of patience, lack of wanting to I wait. That's for false. It's, it's it's always it's always more than that. Okay, always deeper than that. Munaza, always deeper than that. Okay. Um, from my experience, it it is a lack of patience and not being content. Um, because we don't understand marriage and how to work through things mm. so 
a lot of people Thank that you for your I, honesty. a lot of people that I know because I counsel I'm like an unofficial marriage counselor mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's just like I want a divorce because he don't understand me he he don't he not doing this and I'm like you you have to be patient you have to work through things and things aren't going to come when you want it to come mm -hmm. yeah but that doesn't mean it's not going to come but you know it's little intricate details and you know but I think I think I think a lot of times it is because we're you know what, what did you say we're what um black discontent we're not content no sorry no, we're not content okay um asia so, I, so um i agree completely with that statement only because yeah, I, I ask a lot for patience um i can never get to the point where i said i am patient enough i have been patient enough i'm patient this is what I'm constantly asking for. This is what I'm constantly striving for. I have not arrived. I have never arrived. Um, and so I can't say it's because it wasn't because of lack of patience, because I know I had enough patience. I don't know I had enough patience. I'm not gonna say that, but I know I was discontent. So I'm gonna say that that's true. It is because I, I'm not claiming, I'm not, I'm not saying that I was completely patient, and I'm not saying, um, but I am also saying that I'm discontent. So that's true. Absolutely. Raisa, I know you coach so many women. Does this have any truth to it? Absolutely. I think that what Manaza said was spot on is we don't have the tools of knowing how to pause enough to allow space for the discomfort of the growth that is happening between the two people to keep evolving and going forward in the marriage. That's where we need the support. And um, women have lots of patience. Um, I think that's a natural characteristic of women. It's just they get burned out from tolerating and accepting and not knowing how to effectively, calmly, confidently, and compassionately yeah. communicate their needs, wants, and desires without like getting defensive or, or, atta or, yeah. or attacking the other person. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. If a man divorces his wife, well, no, no, I'm skipping that one. Sorry. Custody of the kids always goes to the woman after divorce. Custody of the kids always goes to the woman after divorce. Um, Jam, I'm sorry. I'm skipping. Jamila. Saying, let's just think about like our community, the brothers. Normally, normally I don't see too many brothers taking their kids. Okay, well. They always go in with the mom. Sorry. I was just saying, like, yes, Islamically, they're supposed to go with their father, but for the most part, you always see the mothers. The so kids are going with their mom. I'll say it's been rare that I've seen a Muslim man, he took his kids with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In our community, especially. In our community, yeah. I see him. How different would that be, though, if they did, if we actually followed Sunnah and to a certain age, the child is with the mother and at that age, the man comes in. Oh, that would be beautiful. But yeah, I've only seen that. <laughs> yeah. But how do you do that? How do you do that without having some type of relationship? Whereas rather than thinking them as possessions, they're mine until this age and then they're yours until that age. Right. Like that requires that requires a nurturing of a relationship between both parents because you can't just you know take the child and then say at this age you go there because right. they need a relationship with both parents and right. 
we follow the law of the land, they're supposed to be 50-50, right? Like, right. like you're supposed to be part of um, the, your child's life and, and each parent has that right legally, and, you know, in the United States. Um, and how each person chooses is really up to them. But yeah, I really do feel like a lot of women are the ones that step up and, and do that. Um, but I, I see things changing and shifting too, because I think fathers, they want to yeah. know how, or they don't have the support or the tools. Right. Yeah. Powerful. I, I agree 100% because I know a situation close to me where um, the mother had the kids and the dad didn't really know how to articulate that he wanted more time with the kids until he kind of, I don't want to say not blackmail, but use something, some kind of leverage to get her to agree to so he can have them 50-50. Whether that was financially, financially he wanted, you know, not to have to pay and all that stuff. Or whether it was genuine that he wanted his kids with him, I, we a long while ago. But the point is, he wanted 50, 50 50 with the mother, and he was able, after years, able to um, have that. Yeah, but how much how much trauma did that leave on the kids? Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, it was traumatic for. And that's why I say, like, I didn't make this point earlier, but I think it's really important that when you're in your feelings, when you're hurt or you're offended, you're angry, you're frustrated, whatever your feelings, it's easy to justify any behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. All of us, each per human being, I myself, if I didn't have a coach that I work with through my divorce, it would have been very easy to blame. There's, there's always a good guy. There's always a bad guy. Right, yeah. you you never you're never the bad guy, you know, and and it's a lot of work to look internally internally to make sure that you're not um, doing something unjust, displeasing to Allah, because in your mind you're justifying it, right? Because because you're looking at it through the lens of hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And even for me, if I could share something personal, like with my kids, I never. Um, I like I try my best to never say no when there's a request to see the kids. So now sometimes it almost feels imbalanced. Like I don't get to see my kids as much as I want to because it's like I honor the time because um, that the father requests um, just because that's their father. He's an exceptional, you know, exceptional, phenomenal father. And he was just so present um, in their lives. And he still is. So, you know, it's also hard for me to balance like why can't y'all set a schedule we do we do but he wants them more than what's set well we ain't gonna get into all oh. that like wait a minute so what happened you know, we, that's a balance between doing the right thing um, and and that means not trampling on your own rights. Or if you want to give up your right, then you feel content and you're at peace with it, right? Like you're you're okay with it. Um, but if you feel obligated or if you feel guilty and you're doing it out of that, then then you're kind of like trampling on your own rights, you know. And you yeah. don't have to. Like 
what's fair is fair, what's right is right. Um, but sometimes out of sincerity, we want to give a little bit more, right? And that's okay yeah. as well, as, as long as you're feeling good about it. Yeah. Asia, you wanted to say something? I saw your hand. Yeah, because I was pregnant. Like, how do you get how do you get to that point? Because honestly, this is where I'm at right now. I'm at this like Sometimes I was my patients, I see red and like, you you know, because um, especially when you feel like you, it switches into this, I'm, I'm the, I'm the parent, I'm doing everything. Like what you, you, you know, like how, how do you not get to the point where your emotions are, 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 are not, are, are controlling that narrative where trying to. That's a great question. And that's my expertise. And what I help women is to understand where their feelings are coming from, what it means, and that feelings are okay to have these feelings. But what's not okay is acting on our feelings. That is where we get judged. We don't get judged by Allah for feeling something. What we get judged on is the action. Are we acting on feelings? And we never want to make emotional decisions, right? Because that's just a reaction. And that is also the space where your, your ego comes in. And that's where you respond from. We want to make sure that we're responding, uh, consciously responding from a space of clarity. And from our, from what's right, what's the right thing to do is what would be pleasing to Allah. And it, and it's not about minimizing or diminishing or oppressing yourself because that is not pleasing to Allah. Mm, powerful. Thank you guys for that honesty. I think that helped a lot of people. There was some dialogue a lot about, you know, dads and, you know, I, I know there's a lot of feelings about that. Um, we couldn't get yeah. to all of them, um, but I'll circle back in a second. Okay. Okay. So. Here we go. We've kind of talked about it, but you know, we always hear it. We somebody was going ham in the chat about it. Divorce is the most hated act, so it should be avoided at all costs. True or false, Jamila? What hadith is it Sahih? It's allowed. It's allowed. It's not haram. It's allowed. So should it be avoided at all costs? True or false? I mean, that should not be your first go-to. Oh my god, I'm getting a divorce. Like you know, you do what you can for your marriage, like, but if it's a situation where it's not good for you or your soul, or you know what I mean, just you as your or as a person and your well-being and your mental health, and if you have children, it's not good for them, then make Istakar prayer and you ask Allah for guidance and you make your decision from there and you go on with your life. Yeah, absolutely. Asia. Um, yeah, I, I think it depends on uh, one, what your costs are. Um, but yeah, I think it is, it should be avoided at all costs, whatever your costs are, you know, um, it, it, it is, it should be something that's hated because it destroys the family, it destroys the unit, it destroys the protection, it destroys everything that it, it was created for to be half of Dean, you know, so it, 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 it should be the most disliked thing. It should be hated. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, it, like, it, yeah, it shouldn't be avoided at all costs. But what are your costs? It, you know, if I can't avoid this because it's gonna cost me my soul, I gotta cut this. You know, so it, um, mm -hmm. it just depends on what those costs are. I think. One thing I do want to say is, um, like Jamila was saying about um, just not being unjust to yourself. Allah hates oppression even if you're doing it to yourself. So you can't oppress yourself and you can't allow somebody else to oppress you. 
Yeah, you might be in a marriage where you're oppressing yourself and that's hurrah. So mm -hmm. you got to look at those things. Absolutely. Coach. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. The bottom line is, is that our purpose for being here is not marriage. Right. Our purpose for being here is to serve Allah. Marriage can be a means mm -hmm. of serving and worshiping Allah. But it's not about, we're not here. Allah didn't create us to be married. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Um, every divorce causes immense heartache and grief. Every divorce causes immense heartache and grief. Jamila? <laughs> for some people, they may be kicking for joy. But I would say for me, yes, it was heartache. It was grief because this was my first marriage. You you want to be one and done. I, I don't you you know you don't want to be that person. And to anyone who has been married multiple times, you know, no disrespect at all, but you don't want to be that person constantly get married and get married and get married. Um. So yes, it was like I was I I, I did I felt grief after my divorce because this was someone I loved. This was someone, you know, that I you know, we were family, you know what I mean? His family is my family, you know what I mean? And that person isn't there anymore. Your companion is not there no more where, you know what I mean? You know, to do things with and have fun with, learn, you know, just learn together. That person isn't there anymore. So yes, I felt grief. It was a lot of tears shed for me because I was hurt, you know? And I, again, I felt like a failure at the time. And then like once I'm okay, it caused a it caused a shift in my life because I was living on my own before that. So then now I'm like, oh, I gotta go back home. Alhamdulillah, I had my parents to go back to, and Alhamdulillah, they supported me with my decision. But it was just like, oh, I gotta start over. And it was like, oh man, like, and I was kind of like, dang, I gotta start over. But it was like I was willing to push push past that feeling of being uncomfortable because I knew ultimately this was the best thing for me to do. So I, I, yes, I, I felt grief. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Jamila. I'm going to, before I put, I'm going to segue. Um, Brother Robert said, don't listen to the sister saying we're not made for marriage. Um, wow. So yeah, I, I'm going to just segue back to you, Raisa, because I can explain. I can explain topics all the time, sister. Right. So before you comment, we do the topics <laughs> all the time. And I I, I want to try to I really want to understand um our dear brothers and 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 why it causes such an upset. Um I I I, I just struggle with understanding it. But um, I think what you said was really clear, and I think it's uh, backed up by our Quran and our Sunnah as to why we are here on this earth. We were created to worship Him, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, right? So, Raisa, just really quickly, and then I'll get back to it because I think this is important. Why? Why do you see this struggle so often when we just simply having a dialogue about this? You know, perhaps maybe it's the it's the understanding of the emphasis that's placed on marriage in our deen, that it's half our deen, right? Um, however, if the marriage is taking you away from Allah, if the marriage is, is destroying your soul, or for, for example, in my case, um, like I said, I was in a very codependent relationship, and that's all I knew about relationships. And my codependency, I would describe it as shirk. Okay, yeah. so 
So for me to be away from this relationship and out of it, to come back to Allah, it was worth it. Like, you know, anything is worth it. If you're if you're losing yourself, you're losing your soul. Allah didn't say, I've, I've created you for no other reason except to get married and procreate. I mean, no, that's not what he says. And, you, and like you said, it's in the Quran, it's in the Sunnah. We're here and here to worship Allah. And that is the only reason why we exist. And yes, marriage, um, uh, being married to another human being, a partner can be a means of, of worshiping Allah. If you have Allah between the two of you, if you're showing up with this sincere intention that I'm here to be my best um, as an act of worship. And I hope that explains that. Thank you. And that was beautifully done. You didn't even go in. You didn't. MashaAllah. Say I love this coach. Yeah, no, I know. I know. But we're not. We're going to keep real cute. You got to call it what it's made. It is. It's an issue with control. It is an issue with control. You know, it could be control, but it also could be misunderstanding because look at the obsession we have about marriage in our, in our ummah. It's like you know, if you're not married, something's wrong with you. Oh, and that's why women stay in 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 bad, unhealthy marriages, or they don't get there. There's so much shame to even ask for help. That like, okay, as long as I'm married, I'm good. Like I, you know, I fit in. You know, I, I, I'm I'm acceptable. If I'm not, then there's something wrong with me. I'm I'm defective or something like that. There's so much emphasis and weight on marriage that that's it's like we worshiping marriage rather than worshiping Allah. Absolutely. And the brother did say, thank you. Right. Thank you. That's why you're our coach. That's why you're coaching us. But he said, I'm glad he said, OK, I'm glad you explained it. So alhamdulillah. OK, guys. So um, I um, the last one, the last one, I don't even know, how, is that women can't be maintained financially after three months post divorce. So we know that during the event, the, the husband's still supposed to maintain, if it's a taluk, um, there's a notion that as, as, as soon as that three months is over, the woman can be homeless or the woman. So I'm just wanting to know true or false, you know, because oh would that you can start? That's, that's so false. It's like people lose their intellect and they just put, slam like, well, Allah said, a prophet said, and they use—they lose their intellect, their compassion. Yeah. Why would you yeah. want, right? Why yeah. would you want another human being that you spent time with, that yeah. you possibly love, that and you have kids with, to be homeless? Why, for your kids to be homeless, or even if you like, well, the kids can come with me, but forget about her. She's still a Muslim. She's still a human being. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, yeah. it's like you lose all of that. You're supposed to gain it when you become Muslim and when you get more in tune with Allah. But people lose that. Yeah. Lose that humanness. I see. Yeah. How do you feel about that? The financial component. I'm like, my trip is about a year. Um, after after marriage, or somebody says something about a year after marriage, um, they're supposed to, you're supposed to maintain their lifestyle. For up to a year or until they remarry, up to a year, up to a year until they remarry. The the just because their that period is over, don't mean that the the maintenance period is over. Now, well, if that's I'm mean, I've never received uh, alimony in day in my life. So I, whether that's honored, a whole separate a whole separate thing, right? But it's still supposed.
supposed to be there. It still was told there. It's still, you know, like um. So it, it so yeah, it's it's that's ridiculous. Uh, um, yeah, it's supposed to be a year after by law, um, by the law of the land and by the law of the religion, and that three months. That's the that. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, no. When people get divorced, there's a lot of their true, like their hurt is coming out. And some people are super bitter. They have no compassion whatsoever. Like when that's was saying, like if y'all have kids, this is the mother of your children. You chose her to be the mother of your children. Why wouldn't you take care of her? Like, make sure she's good until she get on her feet. Like, what is wrong with you? And and it's just, you're hurt. And this, you know what? I'm hurt. I'm, this is my way of getting back at you. I'm mad at you right now, whatever. Um, and my, during my divorce, um, it was like, my email said, you know, Jamila, do you need? So I was like, no, I'm fine. I just straight like, I, I'm good. Right, he can know. keep he can keep all that. I left with my clothes, my shoes, my keep all of it, keep the bed, keep keep it. Oh, because I it was material things to me. I, I just want to be going with my with my a nice headspace. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Those are material things. I can buy those things again. That was good, but <laughs> man, I just don't know why if there's two people in a marriage, why the woman just leaves with her clothes. I mean, I you know, I had a suitcase. Well, for, me, for me, it's like I knew. I was going to be okay. It wasn't like I was not working. It wasn't like I was 100% dependent on my husband. So like I under, I have an understanding of why some women may tolerate and stay longer because some women are 100% dependent on their husbands. Like they pay for everything. And then when they're divorced, they literally have nothing. They literally have nothing. So some of them are afraid. You know what? I can't divorce him because I have nothing. And it's like, where am I going to go? I have two kids now, or I have three kids. Where am I going to go with my kids? So you have sisters who will stay. For me, I was I was a wife and I was a stepmom. So these children weren't mine. I loved them, but they weren't coming with me. They were staying with their, you know, their father and their mother. So I was just able to leave with myself. I knew eventually I would save enough money to again, get my own place or whatever. And again, like I said, alhamdulillah, I had my parents home where I could go to. Like my parents just say, you know what? You come home, You would, however long you need to stay, you stay. And I have to say alhamdulillah that I had my parents and alhamdulillah my father uh, was um, there because there was a point when I thought that, oh, maybe we can work this out. We can go back. And I was really considering going back. And my father was like, look, if you go back, this is how it's going to be. He straight told me from a man, this is exactly how it's going to be. And I'm not going to go in detail what that was, but he was straight with me. This is what he's asking. For. This is what he wants. And this is how your life is going to be if you go back. My dad, and you know, my dad is very, he's chill. He's laid back. So he was like, look, this is how your life will be if you go back. And I knew, I was just like, I'm not going to be happy doing that. So yeah. again, I was just like, okay, you know what, Allah, you're giving me signs that this is what has to be. And it is what it is. And I said, Allah, I know I'm hurt right now, but I know I'm going to get through it. And alhamdulillah, I did get through it. The tears got less and less. I continue going to individual counseling afterwards. 
And my, my therapist looked at me and said, oh my God, you are glowing. And I said, I feel like I can fly. I felt so light. And I just, you know, that's just how it is. Like there is life after divorce. Yes, you will be uncomfortable for a time period, but it's not for the rest of your life. I knew me being home in my parents' house, that was my current situation. It wasn't my final destination. And I knew it was just for a time period. And I, again, there is life after your divorce. Absolutely. Powerful, Jamila. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, coach, um, I've heard a lot, I saw a lot of different perspectives here. What, what, what do you say about this component? It's a big one. Financial is, is big yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah it sh sure is because all of the fears, we talk about finances, all of the fears come flooding in, right? Um, and I think, you know, there's there's answers to this question. We know what the fiqh says. We know Islamically that it's, you know, it's the, the period. And, and the law of the land is different to pay, based on the length of your marriage. You know, if it's under 10 years, then it's usually half the length of your marriage um for that many years you get support and if it's more than 10 years it could be for life but those all can be negotiated however a couple of things that i want to point out in this particular um uh topic because what does allah SWT tell us in the chapter on divorce is that if you rely on me which is tawakkul if you really rely on me and you trust in me then i will make a way out for you from where you can't even imagine so our human mind in a state of stress in a state of loss in a state of hurt and pain what type of logic are we going to have? We're not going to be able to think of the how, and it's not our job to think of the how. Just like this man, this husband was a means. He was never your source. Never your source. Of your risk, right? So a lot of times, and especially like in the, in, in the work that I do, like we lose sight of that. And and we operate by fear and we operate by lack and like what ifs and how how is this going to happen? How is that going to happen? Well, we are not privileged to know the how. We just have to have the trust, the reliance and take the right one right step, one right step, believing that having that tawakkul and believing that Allah is going to send another means. He's not going to leave you hanging. He, he gave you one means. He took it away and he's going to give you another one. And, and I also like to say, this is why we need brothers and sisters as allies. Uh, we, you know, for Alhamdulillah, we have parents who um, are, for, we are fortunate enough to have parents who support us, which is great, which is the responsibility of the father, right? And this is why we need communities to step in and to support women and families in need when families break apart, because that does happen, but it doesn't mean that the the family gets ostracized from the community as well. Well, we don't want anything we're, we're done with you, you know, and this is where we need to step up a little bit and take ownership for our community. Oh, sister, man, she's law. You just spoke life to, to us and the audience. I saw I see I saw you over there just smiling and <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, because when you just said how we sometimes are shackled to fear, if we could just constantly reiterate. But you said, like, who is our source? And subhanAllah, okay. like, that's what this is all about. Like, you know, all of, regardless whether you agree, disagree, divorce, you don't think it's right. It's like, what is our whole objective is to reach him, 
the most high, our creator, our, you know. So, subhanAllah, coach. We are we are gonna wrap up. Uh, I, I I don't know about you ladies, but I've been coached. Right. <laughs> I'm actually my feelings right now because I, of how much I've been coached. I'm like, like I gotta like, <laughs> everybody, everybody wants you coach, Faisa, in the um comment. MashaAllah, and thank you so much. I want to give honor and respect first to the audience. The audience had such a rich dialogue. Usually I bring in more comments, but we had so no, much. I know. It was hard. Um, so please accept our apologies. We did read everyone. We, we, we read each and every one. Many of our um, get, um, panelists actually were commenting, commenting on the thread as well. Um, we love you guys radically. Thank you so much for being committed to this dialogue. I mean, Allah bless and reward you. I mean, um, just wanted to just thank, 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 thank first and foremost, Manazza for being right here. You know, she would say a little comment, Jamila, just so you know, and I'm telling Jamila because, Jam you know, we all go back to like, you know, diapers. So Jamila, she was over here saying comments of trying to get you to say more, Jamila, but I was I was holding her back. Just so you know, Jamila. We're not dropping no dates. We're not dropping names, all that. <laughs> <laughs> details, word for no. word. That's for another episode, right? No. There is life after divorce. It is okay to go to counseling for yourself. It's okay to go to marriage counseling. And again, you're going to be uncomfortable. Push past right. your fear and do what you got to do. Thank you so much. That's why I have a course. That's why I have a course. Reinvent yourself after divorce because Absolutely. there is life after divorce. Life, like I said, we're not here just to be married or divorced. We have a purpose to fulfill. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So, thank you guys for honoring this space. Thank you for being here and being such a great, a great phenomenal friend. When you talk about, when I just need to say this, but when you talk about friends, that I don't care if we can go years without talking to each other. If I need this woman, she's right there. It doesn't matter. This is my whole heart. So thank you, Munazza, for being here. Um, Jamila, thank you so much for being honest and candid and just forthright. Thank you for being such a phenomenal friend. Jamila sends me uplifting messages. Ever since I got um, a divorce, I mean, she's never stopped. Like She just sends me like you know, power messages all the time. So I love you so much. Thank you so much for being such an amazing and beautiful person. Oh, you're welcome. You're beautiful too. I love you too. <laughs> I heard, um, I know you were saying earlier that I'm a traveler, but I feel like I haven't traveled until I travel with Manaza. So don't call, uh, don't call me a traveler. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, I gotta check out your travel agency business. Yeah. Oh, yes, most it's definitely. A it's a travel club. Not, oh, travel not club. Agency. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like you said, <laughs> I'm about to plug. Right. <laughs> the traveling Muslims. I'm on Facebook. Just, yes, okay, and Instagram. Yeah, tell her everything. Thank, thank you so much, Asia. Thank you so much for being a light. Thank you for your authenticity and your yes. honesty. Like, I'm so many people. Trust me. You have helped so many people. Mm -hmm. So may Allah bless you and elevate you, sis. And coach, listen, girl, you got our, our whole lives together. Everybody's like, where was this woman when I was going through a divorce? Where was she? We, you know, so may Allah bless you for what you do. Like I said, when that, when I heard of you, I'm like, I have to have this sister. I have to show the whoever I can the, what the sister is doing because you are doing the work that has been abandoned by our mm -hmm. communities mm -hmm. and by our leaders. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say it. So may Allah elevate you, sister. 
appreciate I appreciate you approaching me and having the courage to bring this to the forefront because there's no need for people to be suffering alone in silence. Absolutely. And sister, can you tell the audience where they can find you if they need to? Yes, yes. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Raisa Giwala, um, or the Divorce Muslim Coach. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on my website, RaisaGiwala.com. Um, yeah, so those are the places you can find me. All right, I just put it in the chat as well. Okay, Jazakallah Khan, you can tell I want to go. Um, I love you guys. So guess what, you guys? So we tackled Heal Thyself, Heal Thy Community. We're coming back. Um, next week is like our, our, our uh, media week. We're going to be doing a lot of promoting for our next series. So it won't be any podcast next week, but you're going to hear a lot from me because we're going into love and restoration. We're going to be talking about a lot of love, you guys, a lot of love. So make sure that you come back. When we come back, we're going to be joined with um, the amazing Vivi Watts. We're going to be talking about the broken chain, reestablishing love in the Black family unit. Um, it starts with us. Um, so I cannot wait to come back for love and restoration. I love you guys radically. May Allah bless all of you guys. Inshallah, see you on January. I think it's like January 13th. Um, inshallah. And assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Give your mama a hug for me. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum.